thought that, you know, women have not participated in the various political movements that has taken place in Nepal. But the preference of political party gatekeepers at different level have always favored men. Some thoughts and frustrations about local elections in Nepal, this time on In Asia from the Asia Foundation. I'm John Rieger. And I'm Tracy Young. On May 13th, federal Nepal's first-time local governments will reach the end of their five-year term, and the nation will go to the polls to elect their replacements. It's a democratic milestone, for sure. And it's also a good time to ask what's worked and what hasn't. Joining us today is the Asia Foundation's Sumina Karki. She's co-author of a new study of the stubborn incongruence between the country's formal electoral system, the law, and its informal political culture, specifically with respect to gender. Sumina, welcome to In Asia. Thank you, John. Thank you, Tracy. Very excited to be here. So, Sumina, how would you rate the first generation of local elected governments? Success or failure? I say a mix of both. Success because um, service delivery, access to justice for certain cases has been very responsive. We've seen development uh, closer to home. Uh, People do not have to travel long distance to get specific set of services. And a lot of local governments have been able to deliver despite of them having to start everything from scratch. The local government also helped bring a sense of stability and security in Nepali people's life. Uh, For instance, during COVID-19, local government were at the forefront uh, responding to needs of citizens like um, setting up quarantine facilities, distributing relief packages. So the trust in local government has increased, I would say. Okay, but? There still is a capacity gap. And there has also been criticism around a lack of participatory planning and budgeting process and how the local government heavily prioritized building roads and infrastructure, especially in a very unplanned manner. Um, and, and they also paid less attention to long-term impact of such development works on environment. But um, among all this um, discussion of development, the contribution of women who were uh, mostly deputy mayors, has been under uh, shadow, I would say. A recent article in one of the major publications in Kathmandu have discussed how elected women leaders focused on the social side of the development. They invested in providing scholarship for children uh, from marginalized communities. They rolled out uh, nutrition programs, programs for people with disability. And in all this, most of the elected women leaders Um, have been in the forefront. So one remarkable fact about the previous elections in 2017 is that 14,000 women won electoral office in a society that still has very traditional ideas about gender roles. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? There has been a very long struggle for equality in Nepal. You know, Nepal experienced um, a decade-long conflict Uh, We witnessed a second people's movement after the end of the conflict. So, you know, in order to work towards achieving that equality, inclusion, social justice, uh, a new constitution was um, endorsed in 2015. The constitution guarantees proportional representation of women in all bodies of state. And in keeping with this spirit, uh, the local level election law of 2000. 17 also mandated that uh, political parties must include a woman as one of their candidates in either mayor or deputy mayor's position. 
And because of such formal policies, we saw visible presence of women in uh, municipal governance space. Yeah, maybe you can unpack that a little bit more because another figure from your report is that 93% of that first cohort of deputy mayors are women. Can you maybe talk about that more? Well, I'm saying that, you know, we saw more women in political space and governance space. The catch here is that, um, like you said, around 93% of deputy mayors and vice chairpersons were women. And more than 97% of mayor and chairperson position was occupied by men. So uh, what we saw was that the formal policies uh, widened the space for women in the public uh, offices. Uh, but that particular provision, uh, which mandated to nominate women in either mayor or deputy mayor position, was incorrectly interpreted as uh, deputy has to be a woman or a woman has to be nominated for deputy mayor position. And the justification that was given was uh, women were not capable to run for public offices, especially in a higher position. Um, so um, our team at uh, Asia Foundation Nepal office uh, conducted a study to assess uh, the candidate selection process and criteria of the local elections by applying gender lens. Um, and interviewees of that particular study constantly focused on lack of capable women to run for political parties, higher positions. And the focus is still on crunch of women in the supply side. Meaning the inadequate supply of qualified women. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've looked into the other side of this conversation, uh, which is the demand side from political parties. In that particular study, we've unpacked different steps of candidate selection process of the political parties. Like, for example, uh, seniority in terms of numbers of years invested in the party, uh, sacrifices made for the political party in terms of uh, who have participated in different political movements or those who have been jailed. So lions of the struggle. Yes. And, you know, these selection criteria are very subjective informal and favor men, especially older generation men. And since Nepal didn't have a local election in the last 20 years, it basically created a backlog of men from older generation who feel entitled that they should get election tickets for the local level. So that means that regardless of the formal system, there are informal candidate selection criteria that act as gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. It's not that, you know, women have not participated in the various political movements that has taken place in Nepal, but the preference of political party gatekeepers at different level have always favored men. So there are different selection committees within the political parties at different level, like uh, ward level committee, district level committees, uh, who are primarily responsible for forwarding the names of candidates for local elections. And a different research uh, has shown that um, just 8% of the selection committee of political parties consists of women. And these committees prefer sending uh, names of men uh, for the mayor position since these people have occupied posts and positions within the parties. So it sounds like women who want to seek local office are caught in a vicious cycle. They can't get political experience because they don't have political experience. Yes, exactly. Women are not getting nominated for higher ranks due to which they have less experience, which means they have less access to networks, which brings more political and social capital. 
less capacity to attract funds for them to run elections. So this creates this trap which formal policies might not alone be able to address. So where are the pressure points that can disrupt this vicious cycle? We often put a lot of emphasis on the formal side of things, like formal policies, formal values, institutions. The programs designed by non-governmental organizations and donors also heavily focus on empowering women after they are elected. But we have to realize that investing on them before election is also equally important. Sumina, I, I want to ask, as a Nepali woman, what would you say to male officials who don't see themselves as the barrier? Um, <laughs> you know, um, the governance space is so heavily dominated by men. It tends to become um, an intimidating space, I guess. If there are more women in policymaking they tend to bring opinions and needs of uh, women, of marginalized communities. They tend to think about a community in general, right? They tend to think about the, the plan of more comprehensive development rather than just, you know, focusing on physical infrastructure development. And that is why it is so important to have that inclusive, uh, participatory way of policymaking. The Asia Foundation's Sumina Karki in Nepal. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, John and Tracy. And that's our show for this week. The study we've been talking about is called Gender Election Processes, Networks, and the Contouring of Experiences of Political Office in Local Governments in Nepal. And you can read it by following the link in today's In Asia blog. And while you're at it, subscribe to the In Asia podcast. Until next time, I'm John Rieger. And I'm Tracy Young. Thanks for listening. It's a democratic milestone for sure. I can't. Was that a rooster? <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm going to pick that up. 